Wait, so you said you could retire off the money you made on OnlyFans? I feel like I could. Yeah. I mean, I still have such a hustle. I, I love to work. I always have. Like, it's, I don't think I could ever physically actually retire. I would go stir crazy and insane. But you have this little nest egg that is maybe yeah. not so little. I want to encourage women to kind of share how much money they can make. I've definitely made eight figures or above on OnlyFans, which it blows my mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome to High Low with Emrata. Today we have on Tana Mojo. If you don't know who she is, then you're probably over the age of 30 or 35 um, because anybody younger than that definitely does. She made her start on YouTube and has since just sort of taken over as a content creator on every platform, whether it be TikTok, OnlyFans, YouTube, obviously, uh, Snapchat. And she has done an incredible job building a business around her persona and her content. This is actually a remote interview, but Tana is cute enough to join me on this big screen in front of us and let's get into it. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Welcome to High Low with Emrata. Thank you for having me. I wanted to know how would you describe yourself and like what you do? <laughs> I feel like my description of myself would maybe be so inaccurate, maybe a skewed perspective. I've been doing social media for like 10 years now. So long. Um, I started on YouTube and just making YouTube videos about my life. And I had a really crazy upbringing in life. And somehow, by the grace of God, people resonated with what I have to say. I guess if I were to try to describe myself accurately and not terribly, I would say I'm a pretty outspoken, honest person. I kind of just say what's on my mind. I'm very much, I try to not live around the opinions of others and just do me. And whether people like it or they don't, I am who I am. And that's always how I've been. So I was watching so much of your stuff like YouTube and TikToks, and I was actually really impressed by how much you put yourself out there. <laughs> like you really you just keep it up. And like I get you've been doing it since you were like 14. So I understand. But I also was wondering, does that give you crazy anxiety? <laughs> you know, what's funny is for the most part, no, like I have fun doing it. And I sincerely, I guess I was in my formative years when I began doing this. So it's in a weird way, all I know, I enjoy doing it. I never really experienced, because as much as I do, you, you know, when you look at it, it looks like I share so much. I definitely keep a lot of things private, which is surprising when you see how much I put out there. But nothing ever really gave me anxiety until I started podcasting. <laughs> You're very lucky because like you do more of an interview format and that's still putting yourself out there, but you get to kind of divert a lot of the you know, subject of conversation to the guest. Whereas Brooke and I on our podcast kind of discuss the ins and outs of our personal lives and people love it. And I, even when I have guests on a lot, people are like, we don't want this. Tell us about your week. Did you go on a date? What happened? Who are you mad at? Who are you happy with? Like what, you know, they want to know what's happening in Paris, what's happening in London. So when we started podcasting and slowly getting into that, I would, there have been moments where I'm like, oh my God, like 
I'm just airing out my whole life right now. And it definitely can be a little scary sometimes. But what about with dating specifically? I know all everybody. I feel like I know everybody you've dated. You've been married. Like, what is that like <laughs> sharing all this? I'm like, oh, my God. Even just if you slide into someone's DM, girl. I know I get scared. Like when I slide into the DMs, I'm like, that's what that's why I really don't slide into DMs a lot unless I feel like they're at a caliber where they're not going to expose it, I guess, you know. But I do share a lot of my dating life. And it's crazy because I, I realized, I think in like, I don't know when it was. It was probably like six years ago, something like that, maybe a little. Um, when I was dating Bella Thorne, people were just so obsessed with the relationship. And we both just found it fun to kind of play into that and make a little content about it. And, you know, obviously still keep personal moments personal. And, you know, but... um learning that people were so interested in my dating life definitely was jarring and it still blows my mind. I don't know why they care, but I don't know. I, I, I always tell guys, I know it's a little harder to date me, you know, or girls or anyone. Um, even you can, I'm sure resonate with the fact that if you're dating someone, there's a chance it's going to be in the public eye, maybe a bigger chance for me than you. Cause you're a little more private than me. <laughs> I try but, girl. It's not always easy. It just gets out there now with like do and shit too. It's like people are reporting live. You don't even have to have like a pap. It's also just like somebody sees you at dinner and they'll send in a picture and then you're exposed. Dumont really did like change the, the course of things getting leaked in the world. And you've been doing this for so long. So when that probably popped up, you were like, what is this? website. Yeah, it really freaked me out. Like I remember with my I was at dinner with my ex in New York and someone wrote like a whole thing about our interaction, what we talked about and like he was jeweling and they kissed several times and I was just like, wow. We were like across the street from our house having dinner. It was like a cozy like sweatpant kind of night and I was like, oh shit, there's no such thing as privacy anymore. Like people will literally report on what you were talking about, you know? Which is crazy. And it's, I mean, just with the way the world is becoming so internet focused, obviously, it's only really going to get worse. And it does blow my mind all the time. I think whenever I date someone, I just recently had someone that a guy that I met and we were kind of liking each other and he sat me down super maturely and was so kind about this and we're great friends. So it's, it's no hard feelings towards him saying this, but he was kind of like, Hey, I love you to death, but you know, when I go out in public with you and 30 people surround you and we're just trying to, you know, get a coffee or when I see people taking videos of us, like from afar, you know, when I see the fact that I'm being tagged in a million things, reporting on everything we're doing, it gives me so much anxiety that I don't think I can handle it. I was like, listen, I, I commend you for your honesty. And I don't feel like you led me on in any way. You told me off the bat that that's how you feel, but it's never a nice feeling knowing that maybe someone would love you for you but your level of privacy is hindering enough to them to not want to be with you. you know? I know. I was saying, I was going to say, did that like really hurt your feelings? Were you? It's been, I mean, it's never a nice feeling, you know, knowing that it's out of your control. But I, I feel like I try to look at things kind of with the air of, and obviously this is maybe a negative and not correct standpoint, but I know that I kind of signed that away when I started mm. this and I love my life so much. And I have been so in love with people who do accept me for all the things that come with my lifestyle as well. And you got to just look at it of the positive and you also have to understand, you know, it sucks to feel like shit about it. Cause I know that I'm, I live in a lifestyle that a lot of people maybe couldn't. And I just do my best to understand it, you know? Yeah. And then it sounds like, I mean, I've seen you like 
play off of those relationships too mm -hmm. and use them for your advantage and be like, okay, we're going to make a funny TikTok. We're going to whatever. Yeah. I have to ask you what's going on with you and Duda Castro because I, when I Googled <laughs> your name, I was like, I don't even know who this person is. And like so much came up and I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? I'm sorry. Just that you have to understand this is the funniest conversation ever. Like, Why? Well, because I literally, I Googled your name and I was like, this is everything I'm seeing and I'm not going to not ask her about this because I, no way. I'm i straight up confused because also the article is like, they don't really do a good job of explaining the beef. So it's confusing. Yeah. I, for it to, that's one thing about me and I've worked on this so much in my life is I am such an, I can be quite impulsive with the things that I post and the things that I do. And I really thought when I posted about this whole situation, it would and I say this once a month, you know, but no, not that much. But I didn't think people would freak out as much about this. And it's kind of definitely just like spiraled out of proportion for no reason. Essentially, the other night in London, um, this was super recent. This just all started happening. Um, I was with all of my friends. Fresh, hot news. <laughs> and I'm giving it to you. I know. Just, wow. No, it's hilarious. We were all in London and we were all in the hotel room, my friends and I, and we were like having some champagne, just laughing, giggling. And we see this guy on TikTok and I'd never seen him before from Adam or Eve. I put that on the Bible. I'm telling you right now, like a scout's honor, an oath. And one of my friends dared me to like slide in his DMs and say something funny. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to meet this guy. Like I'm not even, you know, that I, that's not normally how I would come across someone I intend on dating. This was very much just like a funny thing, right? And my friends dare me to DM him and say, God sent me here into his DMs, which is just a little crazy. And he responds back and he says, humbling, so humbling for me to receive this response. He says, sending you back to God, first class airmail. <laughs> and I go, okay, maybe this guy just isn't into me. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Never really had any, any interaction like that happen in the DMs before. And then he responds again. He says, don't you know my girlfriend? And I'm like, what? First of all, one thing about me, you know, I would never, I would never want a taken man. I don't want a taken man. I, I'm, I think home wrecking and all that type of stuff is just disgusting, low behavior. And obviously if you've ever had that happen to you when you're in a relationship, a girl knowing that a guy's dating you and sliding in on you and stuff like that is the worst feeling. And it's just not my MO. So I think I just responded and was like, haha, my bad, whatever. And I was like, I don't know who his girlfriend is. I don't know what's going on. And then I see that this girl mentions me in her story. And this was something I would have never taken to social media as well. I think maybe I, a year down the line, I could have podcasted about it and it could have been, you know, protected their names and it could have been funny. But she just starts posting all this stuff as if we're friends. And I'm sure you've had people that you've met maybe in L.A. or New York who maybe are aware of who you are and they ask you to take a photo and they kind of insinuate that you are friends and, you know, but you don't follow them. You don't know them like maybe if you saw them again, you wouldn't maybe remember that interaction where you took that photo type of thing. And she was just essentially trying to message me all this crazy stuff saying like, I, I know you know about me. I know you know I have a boyfriend. I met you drunk in Miami once, like, and you were talking to me and she was in my ex-boyfriend's music video, I guess. Like, I didn't know about that until, you know, all this stuff was brought to light. And yeah, I was just kind of joking around about the fact that it's like, listen, I don't know you, girl, and I would never get at a taken man. And I've, and I, you know, I tried to take the nice approach and be like, hey, you've already taken this public 
Um, but I didn't know this and I'm super sorry. And she's like, yeah, I bet you didn't know. Da, 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 da. And it just got super blown out of proportion. And sorry, that's the doorbell of my oh, room. Good. Don't worry. Um, sounds like an ice cream truck to me. Yeah, I was like, dying. wait, is that her phone? Um, wait, so <laughs> who posted everything? Like the girl posted every all the DMs? Yeah, she just... She posted the DMs with the guy and I and was just kind of just trying to make it this whole narrative that it wasn't. And I guess I'm the type of person where when something does get made public like that, what else can I really do other than poke fun at it? Maybe I guess in hindsight now, knowing that it was going to get so blown out of proportion and she would kind of keep going and it would actually turn into this like crazy heated argument. I would probably if I could go back in time, just ignore everything that she was doing but i thought it was just kind of a funny thing and then now people have just blown it out of proportion and i probably said too much and did too much but so is it still like is there still beef or have you mm-hmm. i mean again i don't know her <laughs> like from adam or eve i think she, i think she lives in like spain now or something to me beef is like you've got to really feel an emotion you know anger or hurt or something behind that to resonate with and take beef home like that you know i so i was just kind of laughing at the situation but also interesting that her man just instantly like he could have just ignored the DM, not said anything back to you, like mentioned it to her later, but instantly like sent it to her. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And just and responded to me kind of playing into the like joke of it all and then her screenshotting it and taking it. I was like, none of this has to be this way. I didn't know the man was taken. I didn't even want the man. It was like a fun little drunken London game I was playing with my friends, just daring each other to do silly shit. And, it, you know, and again, I love I, that you're sliding into the DMs first, though. <laughs> I should do it more for serious things I actually want to pursue, maybe, and then I'd find love. What, <laughs> what would your line be if you didn't do that? Emily, I can tell you it wouldn't be God sent me here. <laughs> It'd probably be a hey. Like, you're like, uh, hi. Oh, my God. That's like, so funny. What's up? Yeah, so that's what happened. So you've had quite a few public relationships. You mentioned Bella, Mm -hmm. who was actually on the podcast before and stuff. I think I saw her on the podcast. Yeah, she's so great. I've known her for forever. You also got married in 2019. Heavy on the air quotes. In Vegas. And I heard you said it was something in like your clout era. And I just wanted – I actually got married – for real <laughs> at city um <laughs> at yeah at city hall in 2018 so we were both brides around the same time um <laughs> but what was the what was the deal tell us everything well you were asking me kind of earlier about you know how do you date and post about it and all that type of stuff and i think that time really taught me a lot about being able to separate the lines of what is maybe for content or what is for a podcast or what is for a vlog or what is for TikTok or what is, and what is real life, you know? And I think at that time I was just young and I was having a lot of fun with someone that I really, really cared about at the time so much. And, and even in my life to this day, I will never, I, I don't think I'll ever see something as insane as the way people were fascinated with our relationship. I could not go anywhere without that being the first thing someone said to me for years, you know, and just the the paparazzi and then just everything. I It was like such a peak of seeing how much the world can become obsessed with two people together. And I think that it got to the point where we kind of found a mutual enjoyment in flipping that script, you know, like, hey, if they're gonna want to know everything and find out anyways and stalk us down and do us until we're blue in the face, we might as well take that narrative and take the power back and 
you know, flip it and make our own content and our own narrative and fuck with the public and, you know, have fun doing that. And it was a very fun time. And it taught me a lot about public relationships and dating in this scene and, you know, what you need in a person and so on and so forth. What is your takeaway? What did you learn? I feel like, again, the biggest lesson for me is really being able to separate what is, you know, for content or for a show or for things and what's personal and what's in your real life and not blurring those lines. And I guess being a little more protective of how much you share. And also you referenced the clout era, you know, and I think it's like, I can look back now and say, I can't speak for him, but I can definitely say, in my opinion, we both were very caught up in that, you know, and maybe took it too far. I don't now. I think that if everything happened the same, I probably wouldn't have a televised wedding in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, but it's kind of like what the Kardashians have done forever. It's what like so mm -hmm. many influencers and creators have like built their entire careers off of. Can you talk to me about your clout era? Do you feel like you're just saying that now because you have kind of made it and you don't have to do those kind of stunts? Or do you feel like it's just a instinct to be more protective of yourself. I think even at the time, I really didn't have to do those kind of stunts. I It is, I think, more to be more protective of myself and, you know, just be like, should we do this? Should we take this this far? Should we share this much? Um, am I ready to? I think I also at the time, because I'd obviously never been in a situation like that and probably never will again, <laughs> wasn't aware of the lasting effects of that, you know? not only interpersonal with our actual relationship as, you know, people together and, you know, what that can do to your heart, but also that to this day, I, I will meet people and they're going to be like, you know, guys will be like asking about Jake or go somewhere and people are going to bring it up maybe forever because it was that there were millions and millions and millions of eyeballs on that moment of my life. So I understand that obviously I'm sure you can again, agree with this, that there are certain things that you do in your career and you don't realize at the time that people are, may ask you about it forever or people may associate that with you forever. And I think now I'm more careful of knowing that that could be certain things you do. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I need to hear about OnlyFans. That's, again, it's just so funny. What? Um, just hearing sentences like this come out of your mouth are just so, it's iconic. It's hilarious. Really? It's everything. Why? I love talking about OnlyFans with the girlies who make so much money on there. I love it. I'm like, tell me everything. What are the tricks? Do you have to post all the time? Do you like it? I I think you definitely have to like it. I think to to do it with longevity and, you know, be happy while you do it. But I feel like I've been doing this, you know, since I was 14. And from the moment I really gained any traction on the internet, I realized that with or without my consent, there were going to be thousands of people sexualizing me in everything I do at all times, whether that's under my Instagram photos or on my YouTube videos. And obviously, I say a lot of crazy stuff. I'm not acting like I'm Virgin Mary. And, you know, maybe I warranted a little bit of people's demeanor in that regard. But 
I think eventually when I realized I could kind of take that power back and, you know, monetize that and profit off of it and have a lot of fun while doing it, I was interested. And I also came from nothing like financially. And I'd been making an amazing living with everything that I have been doing for so long. But to know that I'm I'm probably retired forever off of taking my power back, essentially, is a really awesome feeling. And I don't take it, you know super far on there. Like I don't really do a lot of crazy stuff. I think that a lot of, I, I always want to keep like my sex life, you know, private. I don't ever see myself doing stuff like that, but getting to share all the photos that, you know, you maybe couldn't and videos and stuff like that, that you maybe couldn't share on other platforms and be able to take your power back while doing it. And it's funny because I, I want to say like 45% of my following on OnlyFans is also women who end up just messaging me on there and, you know, wanting to know how they could do it too, or just talking to me on there for hours about different things in their life and dating and asking for advice and stuff like that. So it does warm my heart to be able to tell women that they can take their power back in certain ways if they want to. Wait, so you said you could retire off your the money you made on OnlyFans? I feel like I could. Yeah. I mean, I still have such a I still have such a hustle. I I love to work. I always have. Like, it's, I don't think I could ever physically actually retire. I would go stir crazy and insane. But you have this little nest egg that is maybe not so little. Can I ask you, have you ever (laughs) talked about how much money you make on there? Publicly? Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you how much? I'm so, I like love talking about money and numbers. Me too. I like geek out over it. And it's I love when people are like down to talk about it because it's just it's interesting. You can't you know, it's so interesting. Yes. And not enough people are willing to talk about numbers and especially with women. I'm always I want to encourage women to kind of share how much money they can make. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I've probably I've definitely made eight figures ab- or above on OnlyFans, which is mind blowing. It That's blows crazy. my mind. How long have you I been always- on there? how long have I been on there? Probably like three and a half years, maybe. And I've never wanted to take it too far on there because unfortunately we live in a society where if you do, it can hinder so many other things you want to do work-wise, which is just so sad. You know, it's, I don't think men would necessarily have the same treatment in that regard, but yeah, I, I, it's really cool. And I'm lucky. I swear there are days though, where my team will hit me up and be like, you made this much money off of a selfie and a pic of your feet. And I I will just sit back and be like, why? Why? I don't I don't understand why people pay for maybe one. I mean, the feet thing is crazy. I've learned my a couple of friends who are like, if you ever post a picture of your feet on Instagram for free, you're stupid. You're a stupid girl. Because like (laughs) the amount of money that these men will pay for a foot pic, like that is valuable, valuable shit Mm -hmm. you're giving away for free. It is really crazy. I'll, I often joke with my friends. I'll be like, are my feet in that? Don't post that. We have got, we've got bills to pay, lights to keep on. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who crosses out her feet, even in a bikini selfie. She just like oh. hides her feet always because she's like, that is what they pay money for. Not that the like, the not f- the ass, not the whatever, but the toes. I swear to God, it's like the toes. Have you ever been with a guy who has a foot fetish? Or is that no. A boy and you know what? I have really pretty feet, not to be weird. But there's like parts <laughs> of my body I'm not a big fan of, but I like my feet. And like, I've had guys tell me that I have cute feet and stuff, and I'm, I've yeah. never been with anybody who gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> well, damn, I'm praying for that journey for you. <laughs> Why? What's it like? Have you been with somebody yeah. with a foot fetish? I just, 
I'm no, I think that once you date someone who is like, not too obsessed. Okay. I'm not talking like, like if, if that's the number one thing you want, like then maybe there's like a, that's not my journey, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think once you go back to someone who's like, you know, if a guy's like a little grossed out by feet or something after that, you're like, wait, why don't, why don't you love every part of me? Like, uh." you're like, (laughs) my toes are hot. I always say this too. Like there are definitely parts of my body I don't love, but I'm like, I know my feet are a little cute. (laughs) So funny. Maybe we have feet fetish is just for ourselves just literally our our own stuff (laughs) this kind of blew my mind this like industry of people online who make it their business to weigh on on whether it's worth paying for an OnlyFans subscription and then they post like detailed reviews Mm -hmm. kind of like we my producer called it consumer reports for creeps have you seen that that's an amazing title yeah I'll actually I'll never forget when I first launched um OnlyFans I like the next day on YouTube, my entire recommended was like a surplus of people reviewing it. And I was like, okay, first of all, we're just getting started. Like I'm I'm figuring this out. Like give, give me a month at least, you know? I mean, I guess if you're putting anything out there publicly, you are subjecting yourself to people weighing in on their opinions on it, I guess. Um, It's definitely really, really interesting. But I will say, I guess it's also like not to play devil's advocate for that because it is a little strange, but curiosity kills the cat like i can't lie and say i've never bought someone's only fans just because I, wa- I like i wanted to know i wanted to know what was happening on there you know <laughs> do you look at your own reviews i have yeah. yeah but if you want something else go somewhere else you know like at the end of the day i'm gonna put out there what i'm comfortable with and obviously i i feel like there are a lot of people who have enjoyed what I put out there and love the content that I put out there. I do a show on OnlyFans as well each week called Tanagon Wild where I vlog my life just as I would on YouTube, but it's more, you know, if I went to a party with my friends, I'd maybe vlog that or I'd, you know what I mean? If it's I was a little like, bit like sexier. With my friends, I'd vlog that like, or if we're, you know, drinking or doing smoking weed or something that I, I wouldn't want to put on YouTube or couldn't um, due to like stipulations, I'll put stuff on there and there were a couple reviews where people were like, this isn't porn. Like I, I signed up for, and I'm like, I market, as long as you market it as, as exactly what it is. And there's no scam there. You know, it's mm. like, I, I'm sorry that it's not what you wanted, but I told you it was wild vlogs, you know? What's your favorite platform? Because I feel like you make content for so many different platforms. What's your favorite? Wow. I want to know your answer to this after too. I think it's so interesting to know what people's favorite platforms are. I love TikTok. I really do. I mean, YouTube will always be like where my heart's at. That's like, you know, how I started all of this and the feeling of making and uploading a great video is like unmatched. But YouTube is also a lot of work. Like, you know, you're filming so for so many hours and then you're condensing it down and you're worried about, you know, are people going to watch this all the way through? I want to keep my watch time up. I want my analytics to be so good. The thumbnail, the title. Whereas TikTok is kind of like, and even Instagram, you know, it's like, more so a highlight reel, like curating a photo dump, I swear to God, feels like the scientific equation sometimes. But TikTok is just like a silly videos where you can be anywhere doing anything. I think it's like the most organic and you have so much more of a raw connection with your fans on there as well because of how raw the content is, I guess, and how little you think about it and you just kind of put it out there and and you never know what's going to like go viral and, you know, five years from now, people will be like, I love that one TikTok you did. Like, you don't know. So it's it's fun. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I love TikTok so much. I love it as a creator. I don't post that much on there, but I really love 
watching TikTok so much. Like I'm I am sincerely so sad I'm not in New York to make iconic TikToks with you. That was like the real That is sad. We'll find we'll find a different day or something. But um I love it. I think you get to like make fun of yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can play into like, you know, being single for the past year and being able to kind of share the the emotional journey and kind of make fun of myself a little bit with that yeah. too has been really fun. And um, yeah, I just feel like I people know a side of me that they have never seen before on Instagram and I couldn't yeah. see on Twitter. I mean, I wrote a book and I still feel like they don't, you know what I mean? Like TikTok is yeah. that place. And then also, I've said this a million times on the podcast before, but TikTok makes me feel good about human beings in a way that any other social media platform doesn't. I feel a little depressed about the state of humanity or just like the way people are on any other platform. TikTok, I am so amazed by how funny people are and how, you know, just and it'll be a random person in a place I've never been to. And I think it's Mm -hmm. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know, it's just a really like warms my heart in a nice way. That is like the best take. I couldn't agree with you more. Like it, even just that your Instagram, you know, you're seeing all the lives of people, you know, and comparing yourself to them and everything looks so perfect. Whereas TikTok, you're laughing at a stranger a million miles away. And it, it is, it's, you're right. This the state of humanity. Like it gives you a little bit of faith. Dude, for some reason it will always circle me back to like, and I, I don't, this is going to be what I'm calling it. Cause I don't know what to call this side of TikTok, but like city girl, TikTok girls being like my boyfriend cheated on me. So I made his lock screen, um, a photo of him cheating on me. And I'm like, I, I always somehow get back to there. I think it's just cause I love videos like that of girls being I was going to say, I mean, that's kind of like what you got, you know, so well known for most story time, which now is like such a format on TikTok, but you were doing that Mm -hmm. on YouTube back in the day. Mm -hmm. Even I am sometimes shocked by how long I will watch someone tell a story, a random person, and they're like, it's Mm -hmm. story time. And I'll just sit for three minutes and watch to the end. And it's like, everyone talks about short attention spans. And obviously three minutes is not a long time, but when you're used to seeing, yeah, and I will stick with it. So 100%. And there is something just, you know, about being captivated in a story someone's telling that is very special. And I never knew I like had a knack for it until people enjoyed it. And I would often be posting like 35 minute YouTube videos where I'll sit down and be like, listen, guys, I'm buckle in. I'm about to tell you a 35 minute story. And I remember when I signed to like my first network back in the day, there were like thousands of other creators signed and they were like, you have the highest viewer retention of every single person at this network. Like your videos are being watched 95% of the way through. And at the time, the average YouTube video was like 11 minutes and people's watch time was 50% of that. So to think that like 90% of people watching my videos would sit and want to hear me tell a story for 30 minutes has always blown my mind. And now I love the podcasting space for that reason. Cause I kind of just carried that over. Yeah. You're going on tour for canceled, right? I am. Congrats. I'm so excited. Thank you. you yeah. You've done so much research. It's mind blowing that you know this much about me. I mean, I try to imagine I didn't know anything about you and you came on. <laughs> we probably still find a way to just shoot the shit. And have it's fun true. Though. It's true. But yeah, we're going on tour for canceled. I haven't really toured since um, before the pandemic and I was really scared. It's like touring scary because you're like, am I going to sell these tickets? Are people going to want to come to this show? Like, especially when it's random cities around the world where it's like, I didn't even know, like, we just sold out all these shows in um, New Haven, Connecticut, and we're adding more. It's like, we're going to do like four shows back to back to back to back in these huge theaters. And I'm like, 
like I had no idea until this past month that people in Connecticut care that much about the canceled podcast. And I don't know, it's just very fulfilling. There's something about, I'm sure you agree with this, but even just when you meet a fan and you have an experience with them where they tell you something that really hits home or something you did that really helped them or so on and so forth, the, the tangibility of touring warms my heart unlike anything else, like looking out into the crowd and being, damn, all these people really care what yeah. I have to say, you know, when you don't, when you just see numbers online, it's, it's not the same. So I'm totally, I'm really excited and grateful for sure. Didn't you just have to deal with a stalking situation though? Oh, That's the dark side of that shit. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There is something really peaceful about being uh, so far from home <laughs> right now. It's nice. It feels very safe, um, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I've had a few stalkers. I, I started my career telling a stalker story about something that did not come from the internet at all. He was in my second grade class and ended up stalking me for the next 10 years or so. Um, and people really were very fascinated with that story and still are because it, it is a mind blowing one. But then with social media and even especially things like OnlyFans where people feel so connected to you, it's very scary that one in the millions of people might not be there's, there might be a couple screws loose up there where they think that because they interact with you or resonate with you or I'm saying resonate so much um, or know so many things about you online that they can show up to your house or that they can find your address and send you weird things or that they can show up to dinners that you go to and just weird stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not ever mad at being in public and a, a young girl or gay or they or them coming up and saying, hey, I love you so much or a guy who you know, watches the stuff we do. But when it's someone whose intentions are not that, you know, it's terrifying. I'm sure you've dealt with some stuff like that. I was just going to say, like, knock on what I've never had anybody who's really been outside of my house every day. I've heard so many terrible stories from friends and stuff. And I mean, again, mm -hmm. knock on wood, but I haven't had that. And I don't think I could handle it. I would be so anxious. It's made me a very, very, very paranoid person. And it's funny because I feel like I just started to work through that. Like I was for the past couple of years, I was lucky enough to not have stuff like that happen. And then certain things started happening again. And it it just makes you very on edge and you overthink everything and everyone's intentions. And you know what I mean? Even Is it, Paris, was it somebody like, who was breaking into your house kind of situation or what happened? Knock on wood over here as well. I wouldn't say fully, fully breaking in, but I would say getting as close as maybe they could. And, you know, when someone's doing that, you kind of are just wonder because it snowballs. I feel like every stalker starts with a million messages and then it starts with maybe sending you mail or yeah. gifts. And then it starts with them showing up maybe in public where you are, then they find your house, then they find your friends, then they, and it's, it's scary to know, like, how far will this person go, especially when it's like someone who has nothing to lose, and they're obsessed with you. And it's, yeah, it's just scary. I don't know. I mean, the one thing I'll say, I've only had kind of people online doing that. And not that it's like a blessing, but in some ways, it's great if they show up in person, because then you have a reason for the cops to like, actually do something. Because yeah. I've had situations where they're basically like, good luck. Like we know he's threatening yep. to rape and kill you, but there's nothing we can do. And it's like, yeah, cool. It's actually crazy 
because I, and I, I don't want to speak for everyone else because maybe that would be the great case, but I have had the worst luck historically in my life when it comes to police and stalkers. The head of my security team now tells me all the time, he's like, Tana, I'd love you so much, but the police aren't going to care until it's too late. Like I remember even a year and a half ago, we had a stalker kind of sending all this mail and gifts and telling me he knew where my house was and when he knew I was home and showing up to drop off these things, but, you know, doing it sly enough to where we couldn't catch him physically. And I remember we called the police and they were like, are you sure he isn't just like a psycho ex-boyfriend, like just talking to me like I'm this like dumb little girl, like, you know what I mean? And being like, well, I mean, he sent you flowers. Like, that's so sweet. Isn't that an honor? I'm like, no, can I get a police report? And they're like, well, did he, did he have a weapon? Do you have any proof? Did he threaten to kill you? And we're like, not yet. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I've had absolutely no luck with the police caring even as of recently. So I just hire the best security and arm my house and alarm everything do my best to protect myself obviously and you know I always try to say you know hey if you love me please don't show up to my house and stuff and most people are pretty good about it but yes yeah yeah, um well thank god for your head of security I'm really happy about that we love him (laughs) okay I wanted to ask you about Paris Hilton because I know she kind of mentored you and I love her she was one of the I met her kind of early on in my career and I was so used to really famous people kind of treating me like I was the new kid and not being super nice. And she was so nice and I'm just such a fan. So what's your relationship like with her? She is such an anomaly and you put that into words perfectly because that is always what I say about Paris. People are like, what do you love about her? And it's like, this girl's been doing this for so long and so many people maybe haven't been the kindest to her about so many things and she is just the goat at flipping the script and saying oh you want to say i'm famous for no reason well like watch me turn this into a billion dollar business and laugh at all of you and have so much fun while doing it but on top of that it's like every room she walks into she is the kindest person to everyone you know like and i'm sure you you just said it perfectly but you've seen so many celebrities treat all the new kids on the block or even influencers like they're just nothing or even just seeing celebrities treat a waiter like they are lesser than them or and it's like she makes an active effort to like it could be the worst day of her life and she's gonna walk in and turn it on and she knows that everyone's gonna take away that interaction with her because of who she is and she's so good at it and is just so kind and it's I think in her mentoring me that was like the biggest lesson I learned from her I was like I want to be just like that like I want to be kind to everyone so did she say to you I want to mentor you or how did that come about I think it was just like we had a lot of mutual friends and I just started seeing her a lot. And this is when she was um, we met when she was single. So we had just a lot in common. We had a lot of fun going out together and laughing at <laughs> people and just having fun and going out and just we yeah, we had a lot in common in that regard. And then it just slowly started turning into like, oh, my God, like, come over. I'm doing this today or my family's doing this at their house. Come here or whatever. And it for a while, it was just very unspoken that it was like you could tell she would always say, you know, I see a lot of myself in you and I'm I'm just taking you under my wing and would just give me the best advice always. Like, don't, don't post that like that. Post that like this. Like, don't interact with this guy. That It's going to be not only not good for your career, but maybe just not good for you. You know, wear this. and not that. Just Aww. giving me like big sisterly advice. And mm-hmm. eventually we did just like take that publicly. And when I started my MTV show, she came on and we like, 
did an official episode where we kind of announced that she was like mentoring me at the time I was launching a perfume and you know, Paris is the queen of perfume. So I remember I came over and she laid out like a hundred of the perfumes she'd released and was like, this is what you should do. This one's the best selling. Here's why all this stuff. And yeah, she's just always been there for me to this day and just makes me feel so included. And my friends feel so included and is just the best human being. I love her to death. That's so nice. We love a big sister moment. Okay, I do this rapid fire question thing at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything you hate, you can just say no, but <laughs> I probably won't. Okay. <laughs> What's the last thing you spent a ton of money on? Wow. Good question. Um, I love to charter a jet. I will say it's like I could just I could just get on that commercial flight home and maybe save that. But it's like, for me, it's like I spend most of my days working so hard and running my businesses and making this money. And obviously I'm very financially smart about it, but that's one thing that I'm like, listen, I work hard and you know, yeah. So we were leaving Turks and Caicos and getting there. We had so many problems in the airport. And I was like, listen, it's amazing that we all got here on JetBlue, but uh, we need to go home on Tana Air. <laughs> so, wow. I want to be your friend. <laughs> we absolutely hop on. What's yours? I want to know yours. I have the scarcity mindset. I'm not good at spending money. I'm like, want to hide it under my bed, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't hide it under your bed and don't tell people. <laughs> I know. I don't actually physically do that, but that's the feeling. Actually, my mattress is on the floor, so there's nowhere to hide it. So social media pet peeves. Like, what are things that annoy you that people do online? Mm, obviously we all hate men telling us to be skinnier hotter do this or whatever that's the but that's common i guess i don't know normal things i hate the pick me mindsets you know and the girls are coming on like i hate girls who like you know all that type of stuff just i think just normal negativity really or i guess i'm sure we've all had the experience where we meet someone in real life and we see them online kind of being a completely different person and that can irk you but yeah. Nothing. You're very good yeah. at I felt like I do you before we even talked, which I think is why people feel so close to you, which is really great. Well, that is so sweet. I feel the same about you. You're so authentic oh, with what you do. And thanks. you're amazing at these interviews, just at how good you were at making people feel comfortable. Biggest misconception about you, people always think whatever and you'd like to clear it up. I think that I'm very wild online, I guess, and I but not always. And I think that a lot of people maybe just don't know that I can be pretty chill and just people tell me all the time that like I met you and I just thought you were going to be like doing backflips over a bottle of tequila and like screaming at the top of your lungs and like airing out everything online and then like they'll just hang out with me and I'm just like wanting to have a deep conversation about normal stuff and like my phone is far away and I yeah like I feel like people think I'm always on crazily I guess I don't know how to I get that biggest regret Maybe just any time I've ever strayed away from who I am. But at the same time, I think it's that's still a lesson within itself. And I Mm -hmm. I really try not to live with regret because you have to be kind to yourself. You know, like like, we're not perfect. Like we all make mistakes and that's life. And any time I think you spend regretting stuff, it's just like time that you could be spending, you know, maybe learning from whatever you did that you regret and bettering yourself. I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Again, I wish I could be there. But I know, me just- too. Yeah. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. That was Tana Mojo. Thank you so much, Tana, for joining us on your vacation. Curious for people who are big fans of Tana, if there were things that I missed, I should have talked to them about. If you're new, this is your introduction to her. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about her and our interview. We covered a lot of things today, privacy, content creation, platforms, so much. So please, as always, go to hilo.fm to submit your voice notes. That's for the subscription episode every Thursday and looking forward to hearing you all. Thank you for listening. High Low with Imrata is a Sony Music Entertainment and Bitch Era Media production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. <laughs>